We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Chris still out on vacation, so it's going to be me talking to you about my favorite brand, Lamb Chops. Our favorite brand, Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. You can follow them on Twitter, at SGLambChops. Check out all their new styles. And while you're at the site, while you're buying some shorts, maybe a hoodie, maybe two hoodies, maybe some t-shirts, maybe a passport holder or a chain with the Cleaver logo on it. There's so much stuff at SGLambChops.com. Use promo code candlestick 20 for 20% off your order. I'm wearing my black jersey shorts right now. They say chops across the front. They have the zippered pockets. The zippered pockets are an absolute game changer because I love wearing basketball shorts, but I've got I've got my wallet and I've got my AirPods and I got my keys and I got my phone. It just becomes a hassle, right? But in the Lamb Chops basketball shorts, you get the back pocket for a wallet. It's where I put my wallet. I'm not going to judge if you put it somewhere else. And then I can put my keys and my phone and my AirPods in my pocket, and then I can just zip them up. I don't have to worry about stuff falling out. I've almost lost my AirPods that way before. Don't love it. But thanks to Lamb Chops, I don't have to worry about that now. And I've got a couple of concerts coming up, so i got my Lamb Chops hoodie. One of my favorite things to wear when it cools down at night, I throw that on. It's not even really hoodie season, but I still, I force myself to be like, you know what? It's a little chilly. It's not. But I'm like, it's a little chilly. I got to put on my hoodie because it's just so damn comfortable, man. And then I just, I fall asleep on the couch every night and then I got to trudge upstairs and, and actually fall asleep. But sglambchops.com is the website. Follow them on Twitter at sglambchops and use promo code candlestick20 at sglambchops.com for 20% off your order today. Got another guest with Chris out, Danny Kelly from The Ringer. He covers the NFL for The Ringer. He does NFL draft stuff for them. He does fantasy football content for them. He's one of the hosts of The Ringer Fantasy Football Show, which is genuinely one of my very favorite podcasts to listen to. It's such a good time with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Craig Horlbeck. Those guys do such a good job, not only breaking down fantasy football, but just talking about bigger picture football stuff and then just completely off-the-wall, non-football-related stuff. That's kind of my favorite part. Their last 15 minutes are insane but such a good time and danny's a friend of the show we've had him on several times to talk fantasy football to talk seahawks we talk bigger picture diner stuff just to kind of get the outsider perspective and then we dive into the 49ers from a fantasy football angle because i think it's kind of an interesting lens through which to view football and there's not many people doing it better than danny kelly so let's dive in 
Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Danny Kelly's here. Danny Kelly in the building, friend of the show. This is like the fourth time you've been on this podcast. Yeah. This might be number five, actually. You've done this a lot, so we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, no problem, man. man. Uh, happy to do it. Uh, things are great. Ramping up for the season, so that's yeah. exciting. It's crazy that preseason football is already here. Yeah, I don't know. Around the like the Hall of Fame game happened. The Hall of Fame game is always the weirdest thing because, like, the Hall of Fame game is the weirdest thing because I know it's happening, but I it could not be further from anything that I care about. And so it exists, but like in a separate timeline of, of football yeah. for me, I don't take it into account at all, except for Dorian Thompson Robinson. I really enjoyed that. He played well. That was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. no preseason football in general is just so funny because you get, I, at least from my perspective, I get so excited about watching it. And then like five minutes in, I'm like, okay, this is yeah. so boring. <laughs> so incredibly boring. <laughs> That's me with uh, the but, with like the USFL and the XFL or whatever. Every every time they try a spring football league, I do that same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting dialed for this, and then yeah, I just I don't I don't care. Um, let's let's you're obviously you do a ton of stuff to the draft. You're you're doing a ton of stuff with the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, and we'll we'll get to the fantasy a- aspect of this. But I want to get your view because so much of this 49ers offseason has revolved around the quarterback position, right? And I think if you eliminate quarterbacks and you start ranking rosters, the Niners are probably the first or second best roster in the league. But then you add the quarterbacks into the mix. <laughs> and it feels like every power ranking I look at, it's Chiefs, Eagles, and then Bills, Bengals, and then Niners. And every single time the analysis is like, who the hell knows with the quarterbacks? So yeah. I want to know where you stand as somebody who's not in the Bay Area, not around the 49ers, not you know a Niners reporter. What do you think about this team just kind of as a whole? Are they a Super Bowl contender to you? Yes, I think, you know, in a word, yes, I think they are a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender. I think, obviously, like you said, the roster is incredibly, incredibly good, especially considering how um, how well they've done in the last couple of years in terms of like them finding new talent and keeping the roster afloat and finding guys in the middle rounds. Obviously, they made that big trade for Trey Lance. <laughs> that seems like a sunk cost at this point. Um, maybe. We'll see, but maybe um, but who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> I do think it, 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 they deserve a ton of credit for, you know, keeping this roster stacked and keeping um, it seems to like they find value on the margins time in and time, like time and time again, you know, the fact that Trent Williams is on the roster is best left tackle in the NFL like that. It, yeah. That alone is just like, what, how the hell did that happen? How did yeah. they get Trent Williams? <laughs> um, so, but it's, it feels like there's a lot of those, you know, players on the 49ers right now and i would argue they might have the best group of skill players ever assembled um wow and maybe at least in the last like 10 or 15 years just based on talent diverse or, or versatility um you know style and all that like put together they just have an incredible incredible collection of, of skill player talent so yeah i mean this this roster is really good this team could be really good and you know not to say what everybody else says but like i think the only big question mark is of course the quarterback position and um Kyle Shanahan over the years has kind of 
been the only coach who's made quarterback somewhat irrelevant, I guess. So <laughs> right. Quarterbacks it, it, don't it, matter. Right. It's just hard to know what to do with this team because <laughs> quarterbacks matter sure. for every other team in the NFL, but right. apparently not for the 49ers. Are you buying or selling Brock Purdy? Um, Selling? Probably closer to selling than buying. Sure. I do sure. think, you know, weirder weirder things have happened. And, and I say, I think... like, if he... If he becomes like a starter, yeah. I mean, like, look at Tony Romo, for instance. He was a undrafted guy. Okay. And he ended up fair. being a very good starter. Like, That's weird fair. things happen. Um, but generally speaking, I just, I, I'm not quite ready to buy into the whole pretty hype yet, just because, um, you know, small sample. He's, he's propped up by, you know, the greatest quarterback whisperer maybe ever or whatever in sure. Shanahan. And the fact that they, like I just said, they had one of the best groups of skill players of all time. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just not quite ready to get there with with Purdy. You know, I do think he has a chance to be the team starter and, and do a pretty good job this year. But I'm not like, you know, pretty pilled, if you will. Sure. Yeah, he's not the next Tom Brady, <laughs> which has been the that's that's the kind of that's where the disconnect lands. And, and you said something interesting there about the Niners having the best skill position group. that will dovetail nicely into the fantasy aspect of this. But I think the the whole thing with the Niners, the the disconnect with the Niners quarterback conversation is. I think most 49er fans sit here and go, it went from Jimmy Garoppolo, who was super frustrating for the better part of four years, to a guy that's putting up 33 and a half points a game by just doing a couple of things that Garoppolo is awful at pretty well. And just kind of, uh, but like you said, it's five starts. They faced Dallas in the play. Well, they he was not good in the first half against Seahawks in the playoffs. He was not great against Dallas in the playoffs, and then he got hurt, obviously, in the in the NFC title game. But I think the the thing that gets that gets separated here is Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers just love Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah. They that's the that's the thing that is not that did not get conveyed properly, I think. When Shanahan and Lynch were going, oh, he's gonna be the starter. It wasn't them playing mind games or something. It was like, no, they just love this dude. They are all in. <laughs> Shanahan's yeah. out here calling him the real deal. Said he knew that they had a dude. He said Brock is a dude and knew yeah. that when he played through a broken rib in Seattle on Thursday Night Football in his second start and and they won that game. They are infatuated with this guy. Yeah. And that's I just, mean, and- I, <laughs> I, I guess, like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel is that the, the I feel like that's the reaction for a lot of quote unquote like more rational 49er fans is like all right let's see what the ha- let's see what happens here yeah you know, he, not... he's not let us down yet look um, if they if they called me and said Kyle what should we do I would tell them play Trey Lance man right, like just right. that's that's the and I think that's where a lot of people are at mm-hmm. but that's not on the table so sitting here pounding the table going there should be, it's not a quarterback battle. There's not, it's, they're, they're going with Brock Purdy. So maybe the crazy, they score, maybe yeah. they score 30 points a game again. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they the crazy thing. The craziest part of this whole story for me is it's not that it, you said there's not a quarterback competition. If there was, it would be between Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. It wouldn't even <laughs> like Trey Lance is not even in this freaking picture right now. No, I think it's so wild to me. I feel like I think if they were having based on, based on everything that's come out of camp, if they were having a true, Hey, so the coaching staff doesn't know anything about the histories of these guys. They're just three guys competing for the starting quarterback job. I think it would be super even. Yeah. I don't think anybody's been blowing, blown anybody out of the water in camp, but I, it, you know, one way or the other, I don't think anybody's been awful or, or great, but 
that's we'll see. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exactly. We'll see. All right. <laughs> so we're doing. I mean, he does he does a few things very well, gets the ball out quickly, you know, and and does the things like that Shanahan wants him to do. And there's a the whole mm-hmm. philosophical discussion around this in terms of like what does a coach want his quarterback to do? And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's the ceiling and the floor argument, which is sort of separate, but like at the end of the day, pretty is like the joystick of, of yeah. Kyle Shanahan in terms of like, he's just doing what they're, what he's asking him to do. And, you know, from a Seahawks perspective, because, you know, I covered the Seahawks for years, you could make a similar argument around Geno Smith. It's like Geno Smith, mm. probably like we came in and we're thinking, Oh, the, the floor is so much, or sorry, the ceiling is so much lower with Geno Smith now. Um, now that Russell Wilson's gone, people were talking about the Seahawks being the first overall pick. Yeah. And Gino came in and ran the offense. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> sure. he did what the coaches were <laughs> drawing up, like, which is sounds like so basic, but you know, it, in the NFL, when everything is so like timing mm-hmm. and you, you have to get to the exact right, you know, distance down the field as a receiver and like turn around at the exact right second so the ball is about to hit your hands it's like everything is so precision based um going from a guy like russell wilson who everything was out of structure to uh to guy like gino where he's just like actually running the offense and the seahawks offense was one of the best in the nfl (laughs) um you know maybe that to me is like the best argument for brock purdy is like maybe he's not physically talented as as some of these other guys but Mm -hmm. he runs the offense and that's what ultimately what coaches want so i don't know that to me is like the best argument for purdy I don't think there's a player, uh, my location and and jobs aside, I don't think there's a player I'm more interested to watch for the first five games than than Purdy this year. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's just going to be I mean, You have a Super Bowl contender with like this complete unknown at quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. So you mentioned that the Niners have maybe the best skill position group of players ever. And I think that's a you know interesting topic of discussion, but... On the other hand, you're not necessarily in on the 49ers from a fantasy standpoint. Right. Because of Kyle Shanahan. You're just out on Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I think actually there's like there's like a strong connection in terms of like on-field great coaches and how much we hate those coaches in fantasy. <laughs> there's a very strong correlation here. Because like for years you know, uh, Bill Belichick has sort of been the bane of everyone's existence. Oh. What, how he uses running backs. Yes. Um, I'm thinking of Arthur Smith in particular. Like you just spent a fourth, the fourth overall pick on Kyle Pitts, the fifth overall pick on Drake London, and now you want to run the hell out of the ball. And then they spent a top eight pick on Fijan Robinson. It's like, God, this is going to drive me insane. Um, <laughs> and I think you could say the same thing about Kyle Shanahan, who you know most people consider him one of the like smartest and brightest. Mm-hmm play callers and and scheme designers in the NFL like so much of the NFL is derived from what Shanahan does um and yet I don't really want ha- I don't want to have anything to do with like his players to be totally honest like even Why? Christian McCaffrey who is you know arguably the greatest fantasy player of his generation even him I'm like oh so if Elijah Mitchell's healthy are we just like screwed here <laughs> is he just no. gonna play Elijah Mitchell 40 percent of the time and like you know like th- to me even that yeah. is a question mark so um, sure. I just don't trust so, Kyle Shanahan to do what okay. I want him to do. In let's let's start with McCaffrey then. Uh, fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Unbelievable stuff, by the way. Thank the, I'm not, I don't, I go nowhere else for fantasy stuff. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm an ease of use person. Mm-hmm. I am a user experience person. 
if the info is great, but I have to work hard to find it, I'm out. This is uh-huh. perfect. Yeah. Uh, you can skim, you can deep dive. It's super cool. But on your full PPR rankings, Christian McCaffrey is ranked second behind Justin Jefferson. If Christian McCaffrey was still playing for the Panthers, would he be number one? Oh, yeah. yeah or do you yeah. dock him because he's <laughs> playing for the 49ers? Specifically, oh, 100%, 100% we dock him because there is a sliver of uncertainty about sure. the usage. You know, obviously, like everything in fantasy is like risk. There's some risk in every guy. Like mm-hmm. guy could get hurt yeah. in the first play and he's gone. Uh, but to me, like Christian McCaffrey's a slam dunk number one overall pick if he was playing for the same coaches last year that he or, or he was playing with, you know, in Carolina because they proved that they were willing to and, and, and wanted to use him at a... Mm-hmm honestly, like historic volume levels in, in the passing game and in the run game. Um, and then he comes over to San Francisco and, you know, there's definitely games there where he was like Christian McCaffrey, the vintage being used all over the field. Mm-hmm. But when Elijah Mitchell, who, you know, has issues with staying healthy, but when he was healthy, he's already hurt. Yeah, I know. He's been hurt like <laughs> multiple times already. So this might all be moot. Um, but, you know, when he was healthy and you look at like the way that the two you know, two running backs were used together when they were both healthy. It was like, this is concerning. Like McCaffrey's mm-hmm. points per game and, and usage and volume and, and snap rate all dropped precipitously mm-hmm. when Elijah Mitchell was healthy. So to me, that's in the back of my mind. If I'm picking him number two. I want a guy who's going to like win me my league, um, sure. you know, or not certainly not lose it for me, I guess would be a better way of putting it. But um, like having an elite running back in fantasy, it's like nothing more powerful really. And mm-hmm. so, that that to me is like the only sliver of doubt in the back of my mind. Christian McCaffrey, elite talent, you know, unparalleled, I guess, except for Austin Eckler in terms of what he can do in the passing game. Um, and then of course he's a really good runner too, and he changed the entire complexion of the, the 49ers yeah. offense. So maybe they'll use him a ton. Maybe he'll go back to vintage McCaffrey, or maybe Ty Davis Price will come in and take 40% of his snaps. I don't know. My 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 thing with Christian McCaffrey, so I punted on drafting him in fantasy ever again. Because I drafted him number one overall in one of the years that he played three yeah, games. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing is injuries. You know? I was just out. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Because he had the back-to-back years where he didn't play a lot. And I had him the second of those two years. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. But part of me this year wants to jump back in because you talk about his volume. Well, his volume is going to tick down. But it's still going to be super high. Like, they're still going to use the hell out of him. Sure. But maybe it takes down enough that it drops that injury concern right. a little bit. So I'm I'm inching my way toward being back in on Christian McCaffrey. I'm not all the way there yet, though. Yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, I've got him very high on, in, in my rankings. I'm like definitely excited if I take yeah. him. But I will right. say just like, you know, frankly, it's a little worrisome. And, and that's like the big that is what Kyle Shanahan does to me in fantasy. Like everything. Every time I'm like, oh, this guy is going to be awesome. I'm like, but. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll end up in the doghouse for whatever reason. And Shanahan, <laughs> you know, and this goes back to the pretty thing. It's like Shanahan is definitely not afraid to just like go with his preference and go with his gut on mm-hmm. guys. And like, he's not afraid to like kind of, you know, put a guy in the doghouse, even though like everyone else is screaming like, yo, this is not like you're putting your best player on the, on the sideline. Like Brandon Ayuk is what I'm thinking of, but um, <laughs> you know, he just has proven time and again, like he, sometimes he just wants what he wants and and that like, you know, that's definitely hard to like project in fantasy. So yeah, I don't know. Where do you land on, I get to the point where 
at the end of a draft with my last four picks. I do like a defense and then a kicker. Mm-hmm. And then I save two spots for flyers. Where do you land on maybe using a couple of those flyers just on 49ers running backs in the event yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? Ty Davis price is their only running back and he's going to get 25 carries and he's going to average five a pop. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think it's a smart move and, you know, not to bring up a sore subject, but it seems like every year mm-hmm. 49ers have just the injury curse, right? For whatever reason, there's all, there always seem to be cycling through running backs, uh, quarterbacks, obviously. And, you know, it's just like part of their identity, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, Jordan, Jordan Mason is another guy that, you know, mm-hmm. seems to be very well liked and trusted by this coaching staff. Um, you know, I have heard small bits of praise and, and hype for Ty Davis price who they of course took in the third round last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's some guys on this team. If, if Elijah Mitchell can't play or doesn't play, end up playing because of injury, it would not surprise me at all to see like Jordan Mason getting like 12 carries a game, you know, by yeah. the time we hit mid season, um, or Ty Davis price who I really liked coming into the draft. I didn't think he was gonna be a third rounder. I thought he was like going to be a, a really fun fifth rounder, mm-hmm. but, um, it's kind of cool to hear that he's, you know, sort of learning and, and learning the system and learning what he needs to do. It sounds like he slimmed down maybe a little bit. I think I heard that. Um, but yeah, we'll he see got leaner. That. leaner. He put on weight, yeah. but got leaner. So that's great. That's the perfect wild. combination. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wish I could so, do I don't know. Be so <laughs> that's that's my goal. Yeah. For the, for the winter. I gained like 40 pounds, but I look so dope. <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies, and our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece. Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff. And I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable. But Lamb Chops 
takes all that comfort and that quality that you need and they happen to make very fashionable items also you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets we all love those but they can look a little bit boring sometimes you can get some leopard print you can get some inverted leopard print so the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool it looks almost like a dark camo or you can get regular leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints. They're not even animal prints, but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweat shorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium and super stylish. And I think that's that's just a great combo for for any clothing brand. But Lamb Chops really stands out among the rest for that. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb Chops is leading the herd with original and high-quality clothing. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd, SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram, at sglambchops. Follow them right now. Uh, speaking of speaking of the wide receivers, you brought up Brandon Ayuk and the whole doghouse thing. Debo Samuel is wide receiver 18, coming off a year that he described as awful. And this is in this is in your guys' rankings. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is a wide receiver twenty nine. It's your below Debo Samuel. Would I be crazy for drafting Ayuk over Samuel? Like straight up, or like yeah. waiting a while and taking Ayuk a little bit later? Like I mean, straight to be honest, up. like yeah, like to be honest, I wouldn't really fault you that much for just going straight up, like having Ayuk higher. Sure, um, I think Debo with Debo. We're never, it doesn't feel like we're ever going to get the Mm -hmm. cheat code version of Devo Samuel where he was actually legitimately a receiver who he was two players in one roster spot, which is always the best (laughs) thing to have in fantasy. Like with quarterbacks, it's like Jalen Hurts was like a low end RB3 and a high end quarterback in one roster spot. Um, Christian McCaffrey's the same deal. Like he has almost as many targets and catches as like some of the elite receivers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Debo Samuel two years ago was the same deal. Like he scored eight rushing touchdowns. So he's like a, he's like a solid running back. Plus he had 1400 yards receiving. That's never going to happen again. I probably, unless Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Right. It's probably a bad Um, thing for the Niners. If that happens again. Right. It's like, it means they're like forced to use him and everybody else is hurt Mm -hmm. because um, you know, obviously now they brought in Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is going to take the vast majority of sort of the Debo Samuel backfield looks or whatever you want to call them, like the wing back looks. Mm-hmm. And that's good for Debo long term. That's obviously good for the 49ers because Christian McCaffrey is an awesome runner. Um, but it's bad for fantasy because now they're sort of splitting up a, a small piece of the pie here. And we're probably never going to see it again. Of course, add in the fact Debo Samuel's had injury issues throughout his career, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just think we can never really expect him to get back to where he was. That being said, you know, he's still a highly, highly talented player, like super dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever to see him bounce back and have, you know, a top 24, even like a top 15 finish this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that said, everything <laughs> I'm hearing every freaking day is that Brandon Ayuk is the best player on the 49ers in every practice, it feels like. And you're mm-hmm. seeing some of these clips coming out where he's, you know, diving catches, reaching up back behind him and reeling in a pass. Like he's just, he looks like he's so dialed in. Um, and you kind of combine that with like his raw natural talent and athleticism. And it's mm-hmm. like so exciting to consider what he could do. So it's tough. I don't know what the hell to do with these guys. I just, I see Debo at wide receiver 18 and then I at wide receiver 29. It's like, man, 
that's they should be flipped <laughs> i yeah i don't know i don't know if it should be flipped or if if i just feel like if i feel like Ayuk should be higher i don't know but the other thing is this team is just so built around yak and that's not Ayuk's strong suit and whereas that's debo's entire game so yeah i, I think Ayuk to me Ayuk is a, he can catch and run and create some separation sort of after the catch, but he's not like Debo where he's like breaking right. tackles right. and, you know, forcing guys to miss in the short area, like beating guys in a phone booth. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at my write-up for, for IUK last, last year. He was the wide receiver 12 from six, from week six to 17. So it's like, Damn. right there is, I mean, that's like his obvious sort of like upside, but yeah, there's just so many question marks. Um, you know, with, with how they're going to use him and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, and yeah. we don't know who the quarterback is. It all comes back to that. Like who's the quarterback? We don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. At least not on a, not on a week to week basis. If it's Brock Purdy week one, it might be somebody different by week seven. Right. Let's talk George Kittle because I think he's kind of the last fantasy relevant player that we've, we've talked about tight end four. Are you in or out on having George Kittle on your team? Because he's another player that I was out for a while because he was not all, he was never a big touchdown guy. He was not great at contested catches, but then you look at what he did last year. And then the fact that he has nine red zone touchdowns in the last two seasons, and it's like, maybe this is just second. This is the next evolution of George Kittle, where he's just going to be right. a, a touchdown machine. Are you buying that idea? Or are you selling that idea? Um, I'm generally selling it just because I think, he's probably closer to what he's been throughout his whole career than what he was last year in terms of the, the, if you talk about negative regret, like he's going to regress in terms of how many touchdowns he has almost, well, not almost really, but like probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think he's one of the most talented uh, tight ends in the NFL. Like, obvi- like that's all obvious. He's an awesome player, but he saw his targets, receptions, yardage um, and target share all go down last year. And he still finished like better than he had in the previous years, just because of those touchdowns. Now yeah. you could say you could create a narrative, which I can sort of buy into and, and believe Let's if go. you like really Let's want go. to that Brock Purdy loves him, some George Kittle. And mm-hmm. you know, when, when Kittle and Purdy were out there together, Purdy was looking to him in the particular in the red zone, like mm-hmm. every time. And so you could put together a narrative and it might happen that Purdy is just going to look for this guy in the red zone. He's going to turn into like his Jimmy Graham, once when they get into the low red zone and he might end up with double digit touchdowns again. And that wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. Um, but that's basically what you have to have happen. I think mm-hmm. um, barring massive amount of injuries, like you have to have Kittle just catch a lot of touchdowns. If he's going to reach, I think where his ADP is. And I actually have him ranked quite a bit lower than Heifetz and Craig, my mm-hmm. two podcast co-hosts guys that do the rankings with me. Um, I've got a couple other guys above Kittle just because I think you're really, really dependent on the mm-hmm. touchdowns rather than like the receptions and the yardage because yeah. he's playing with Ayuk, he's playing with Debo, he's playing with Chris McCaffrey. And this is a generally speaking pretty balanced offense, mm-hmm. uh, not going to run as many pass plays. And so a lot of those things are just kind of working against him. There's two things that jump out to me with George Kittle that have me back in is one. I think Purdy's ability to extend plays is really helpful for a player like Kittle where the bracket coverage that maybe a team's throwing on him gets broken down because Purdy's rolling out. Now it's a linebacker chasing Kittle. And I think we saw a couple of long touchdowns like that. There's one against Seattle and one against Washington. I think kind of happened because of that. And then there was a touchdown he had against Washington where 
the throw was supposed to go to Ray Ray McLeod, but Kittle just kind of saw some open space and ran to the middle of the field (laughs) and just took the touchdown. Yeah. And then there was the play in the Dallas game in the playoffs where Kittle was not even supposed to be part of the route Mm. and Purdy extends the play, extends the play and Kittle just runs to open space and, and, and Purdy hits him. Those are the kind of plays that when I start to kind of be out on George Kittle as a fantasy option that pop back into my head. And maybe there's, like you said, maybe there's just that connection there where they both kind of see the field the same way. And George Kittle is going to have this kind of late career resurgence. Right. And I I do think if you see players that um, sort of go against the grain in terms of what would natural quote unquote, like regression would be like players that can defy regression. I like Alvin Kamara, Tyler Mm -hmm. Lockett. A lot of the time, it's because they have this insane connection with their quarterback. Like, True Brees would just feed Alvin Kamara 80-something catches every year. <laughs> right. And Tyler Lockett, every year, we're like, he should totally regress. Like, these are not, like, sustainable efficiency numbers. And then, yet, every year, we see Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett's insane connection show up every year. Um, right. So, my point is, like, Kittle's a great player. And great players are usually the ones that sort of, like, defy regression. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I'm not totally against that. I think that is the narrative you could build is, especially on those, um, you know, the, the outer structure plays that pretty does mm-hmm. the, the regret or sorry, the progression of the passes just go out the window. It's like, find the guy who's right. open, find the right. guy. And a lot of times Kittle's going to be in that area in the middle of the field or in the inter- intermediate area where that's the easiest thing to hit. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. hit that. And so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's so many variables in football. It's insane, but, um, I can definitely kind of buy into that idea too. I'm just going to, I'm doing whatever I can to not draft Cole Komet. I'm out. <laughs> I'm just done. I just, yeah. Oh God. Every year, dude, every year I go, I, I do the thing. I'm like, I'm skipping Travis Kelsey. The Kelsey regression is coming, right? Yeah, we've, yeah. Been, we've been waiting on it for half a decade. So I skip Travis Kelsey and then I get down and I'm like, no, no, it's still too early. It's still too early. And then I'm sitting there around like nine. And I don't have a tight end yet. And it's like Hunter Henry. And it's like Johnny Smith. Just like, oh. And then so now I'm streaming year. tight ends. It's just, oh man. I'm just gonna this go get be, one this year. This could be the year that the late round tight end actually works out though. We'll see. Um but, <laughs> but yeah, it might work for I, us. Totally <laughs> These people delude themselves into thinking it'll work for them. But it is, might work for us. Is there is there a non 49er that's maybe not in the in the, I mean, I guess it could theoretically be a 49er, but is there a player that when you look at your rankings, you just kind of like salivated the idea of in a draft taking that player way later than you think maybe they should be going? Yeah. Uh, oh, there's tons, I'm sure. Um, I think I just a long way asked for sleepers. Yeah. The first <laughs> guy that came to my mind when you were asking this is Devon A-Chain for the Dolphins. And of course, oh, a lot of this is... is dependent on whether they signed Dalvin cook and this has been mm. dragging on for weeks now. Yeah. We don't exactly know. I think cook is essentially just, you know, waiting to see if anyone has a major injury at running back before he fully commits to a team, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's not, he's clearly not getting the money he's looking for, but um, he, a chain is a guy you can get in like the 12th round or 10th, 10th on, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. this, this is where you're really throwing like dart throws at guys. And um, in those in those areas, it's like, man, it'd be nice to have a guy who could really have a ton of upside. And and he's sort of, in my mind, a huge discount version of like a Jameer Gibbs where he's going to be very, I think, useful in the passing game. 
He's going to be an explosive play creator for this offense. May not happen in year one, but it might. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might. Um, they're another team. The Dolphins are another team that seems to have injury issues at every turn. And maybe it's just because they've got part of the 49ers curse of like running back injuries with, with Mike McDaniel. But Mike McDaniels brought it with him. He just brought it with him. Well, I mean, he's like he signed the old 49er guys. So it is what it is. But That's like Jeff, good point. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Like, are you really going to be depending on both of those guys to get through 17 games? And so. Um, I don't know. A chain to me, I loved him as a prospect. I know that he's 190 pounds. That's fine. <laughs> but, um, and I get that. I get, the, I get the concern, but he's, he's special to me. Like his speed is special. And in this offense where you've got Tyree kill Jalen Waddle, like creating this vertical stretch for the defense, mm-hmm. you can just sweat like little throw, throw a little swing pass to a chain and he's going to have a ton of room to work. I think he's going to create a ton of explosive plays for them. And in terms of value, like to me, he just seems like a great value. Do you think being so heavily into the draft helps you fantasy wise? Like I'm sure it does in dynasty and stuff, but in, in redraft leagues, do you think it helps you or do you think it ultimately kind of hurts because you're super high on these dudes? Yeah. The latter, I I think, (laughs) you know, I'm fully aware and that's why I try and put a caveat on everything I say about like Devon H in particular, because I Mm -hmm. understand he's small and he was a rookie and he's a rookie. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I think in dynasty, it helps me a ton because you know, that's a whole, that's a huge part of dynasty is, is making the right picks in the rookie drafts. But in, in redraft, I get what I call dynasty brain a little bit too much mm-hmm. and I'll overrate rookies, um, maybe a little bit too much, but on the same hand, like on the same side of it, a lot of rookie receivers come out and are like league winning type players. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you can it, fantasy at, at its core is like finding a, one or two of those guys every year and you can win your league, you know, yeah. like, Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's pure skill that you got those guys, but you have to have a, a quote unquote, like league winning type player to win your league. I know that sounds very basic, but nailed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like finding those guys that can break out, you know, like Garrett Wilson was the one, one last year who probably definitely helped out with some of their leagues. And, you know, it happens every year, Justin Jefferson, a couple of years ago. Um, so being high on rookies is not always a bad thing, but I definitely get dynasty brain and like get a little too excited about rookies and, you know, they're, they're, a lot of times they just take a couple of years to get in into the flow of the offense. I think that's my big problem in fantasy is I always try and overthink it. Yeah. I get to round four when it's just like, you know what? Stack up a good roster, keep stacking up. And then, but I get to the fourth round and I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. Nobody's thinking about drafting this guy now. Yeah, Could yeah. I get him in round eight? Maybe, but I'm going to take him here. That's, and I just, dude, fantasy is like, you got to be like Roger Federer. Just let the other people beat themselves, you know? Just oh, like, just nice, easy forehands. Yeah, just like you return everything. I heard this <laughs> analogy the other day. It's like Federer's just so good at letting other people, like his opponents, basically beat themselves because he's huh. so frustrated. But I mean, like that's what you're saying is don't go, don't stray too far off of ADP. I think mm-hmm. honestly, that's one of the best pieces of advice you can get is just like, hey, trust the wind- wisdom of crowds at least early on. Um, don't get too wild. And then later on, you can kind of like take wild swings on guys, but like, there's a reason ADP is where it, where it is. And a lot of times, um, it can really give you an idea of like where the, where each guy should be valued or around where you should be valued. And so, you know, just don't, don't stray too wildly from that and you'd be fine. That advice is going to sit right here in the back of my head while I'm drafting <laughs> this year. Uh, it's... Roger Federer. I don't actually know tennis that well, but yeah. No, I get, I get, I think anybody even if you don't follow tennis, you know what Fed is good at. And that totally tracks. Uh, fantasyfootball.theringer.com is the website, the fan- Ringer Fantasy Football Show, wherever you get your podcasts. 
legitimately, again, I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. I did not play fantasy football at all last year, and I didn't miss an episode. It's, <laughs> like it's, the, the it's one of my favorite pods. <laughs> I 100% appreciate that. That's the highest compliment we can get. Obviously, you know, we kind of try and take a lighthearted approach to fantasy. It should be fun, I guess. And That's you know, my favorite part and, about it. We try and give good advice also, clearly. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, this should be fun. This is what you do with all your friends. This is a great way to keep friendships going. And so... Uh, I really appreciate that you guys, you can listen to it. And I've gotten this comment a couple of times, but you can listen to it and not even play fantasy. Yeah, it's just a good, it's a just a fun-ass time. It's a fun way to burn an hour. So, uh, Danny Kelly, thank you so much. And we will uh, subscribe, rate, review everybody wherever you get your pods to the Ring of Fantasy Football Show and again with the Chronicles. Chris will be back next week and we'll have some actual 49er football to talk about. Can't wait. Talk to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.